Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. During this time of isolation and deprivation, we struggle together to find meaning and hope. In our isolation or separation, we've all had to leave a lot behind, and so we look forward to what's to come. Whether you are a person of traditional faith or just find yourself struggling for answers, you're welcome to join us. Our lesson today is based on the 13th chapter of St. John. As our lesson begins, Jesus has just had a conversation with his disciples in which he tells them that he is going away and will no longer be with them. They struggle with the idea of the separation and insist that he stay with them and they continue their work together. Simon Peter said to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I'll lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Very truly I tell you, before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am going, there you may also be. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we'll be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Here ends the Gospel. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I remember that when I was a little kid and my parents picked up the car keys, I would run up to them and say, Can I come too? Can I come too? I didn't care if Mom was going to the grocery store or if Dad was taking a load of garbage to the dump. I wanted to ride along. We have a modern acronym for that behavior, FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. A lot of dogs do the same thing. Just rattle the car keys and they're whining at the door, ready to go for a ride, unless they sense you're going to the vet. Peter was like me when I was a kid. When Jesus says that he's going away, he says, Can I come too? Can I come too? Jesus tries to placate him by telling him that he's going to prepare a place for him and the others in the Father's house and they can come on later. Peter, once again, like a little kid, says, Why can't I come now? 
you almost expect Jesus to give him the classic authoritarian parent answer, because I said so, that's why. Jesus then tells them all, don't let your heart be troubled. Cheer up. Don't worry about it. You know how to get there. Then Thomas gets into the act. By the way, this is the same Thomas who would later doubt that Jesus had been raised from the dead. He says, we don't even know where you're going. How can we possibly know how to get there? Jesus didn't give them an address to put into the GPS. That is, even if they had had a GPS. By the way, just for fun, I entered heaven in Google Maps. I was excited that it actually gave me a response and directions on how to get there. Uh, unfortunately, heaven turned out to be the name of a nightclub in Chicago. But anyway, Jesus had a better answer. He responds with what has become one of his most famous sayings. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father. But they still don't get it. Philip chimes in with a solution. He says, well then, just show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. By this time, Jesus is becoming exasperated. He explains that he and the Father are one. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. He gives them a choice. If you can't believe in me, at least think about all the things God has been accomplishing through our work, our work together, healing the sick, casting out demons, teaching people to love each other, and even raising people from the dead. I used to be kind of amused and exasperated by the thick-headedness of the disciples. That is, until just recently. I was reading Psalm 42, which begins, As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have become my food, day and night, while people say to me continually, Where is your God? Those verses triggered something in me, and I was moved to listen to a lesser-known John Denver song that a friend recently referred to me. The song is titled Opposite Tables. Listen to its opening verse. If they only knew 
My song is a cry of desperation. Those words landed on my heart with a thud. Tears gushed from my eyes and washed warm down my cheeks. I sobbed spontaneously and uncontrollably for several minutes. The psalmist's words, My tears have become my food, took on a literal meaning. Peter and Thomas and Philip weren't stupid. They weren't dense. This was their cry of desperation. They knew that they were about to lose everything that was important to them. They didn't need a promise of a faraway heaven. They needed comforting now. They bargained, pleaded with Jesus to help them. The psalmist goes on to pose the question, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Why did I suddenly burst out into tears? Where did this heavy, dark sadness suddenly spring from? I'm not alone in feeling this way. When I posted part of Psalm 42 on my Facebook page recently, I got a flood of hits from people who feel the same way. The words, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me, struck a painful chord in their hearts as well. Ours is a cry of desperation. We are eating our tears that are welling up from deep and an unidentified source of sadness. Upon reflection, I realize that these tears come from a vast reservoir of loss and grief that's been fed by the emotional runoff of the COVID pandemic. Those losses combined with the losses of everyday life, in my case, my sister died last week, are driving us to the point of desperation. Father, O oh Father, please hear me. My song is a cry of desperation. Our souls are cast down. Let's turn to Jesus' response. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. He says, do not let or do not permit your hearts to be troubled. And that implies that there is something that we can do to get out of this desperate moment. We can believe that Jesus has gone ahead to prepare a place for us in the kingdom of God, and there will be plenty of room for us. If you respond like Peter and me, you protest, why can't we go now? The answer is not because, because I said so. It's because we have lives, lives to lead and jobs to do right here, right now, and Jesus tells us how to carry on. He gives us two options. We can believe in him, or we can believe in the works that faith can accomplish. Believing in him is the most straightforward option. Many of us have learned the truth of his statement, I am the way and the truth and the life. In our moments of desperation, we can turn to Jesus in our hearts and our souls through prayer, scripture, worship. Tears of desperation can become tears of consolation. 
Our tears can actually nourish us in our grief and loss. My tears the other day were a gift. They washed out some of the desperation, at least for a while. The other option is to believe in him because of the works that we can accomplish in his name, that we must accomplish. Find God's purpose in your life and get to it. There's plenty of work to do. There is work to be done healing the sick, comforting the lonely, feeding the hungry, and just being a loving presence in the lives of people around who are also experiencing their own moments of desperation. And yes, there are demons to cast out. The demonic effects of drugs and alcohol abuse are on the prowl, as are the demons of paranoia and wild conspiracy theories born of fear. There's plenty of work to be done teaching people how to love one another and forgive one another as tempers grow short. We may not be able to raise people from the dead, but we certainly can share the message of eternal life with others. There has never been more work to do because of the isolation enforced upon us by this faceless, unseen killer, we have to be creative. It is possible to love from six feet away, believe it or not. It is possible to smile through a mask. Let your eyes do the loving. The best solution to our desper desperation would be to do both. Believe in God and Jesus and... Believe and take part in the works that he empowers us to do. Worship and pray and read the Bible. Find a job and get to work. We're going to need to do a little bit of both to get through this desperate time. When you feel those tears of desperation welling up, let them flow. Always, though, always keep your eyes on the kingdom of heaven. Do you remember when you were learning to drive? My driver's training instructor told us to aim the car, not to steer it. By that, he meant keep your eyes on the distance, on the horizon, instead of focusing on the nearby objects that you want to avoid. The car will follow where your eyes go. We need to keep our eyes fixed on the ultimate goal of the kingdom of heaven instead of the immediate worries of life that we're trying to avoid or escape. Our lives will go where our spiritual eyes are focused. Jesus was right. We do know the way. Of course we're impatient. We want heaven now. There's a fine line between impatience and anticipation. And sometimes anticipation is as good as the destination. Let me close by sharing the opening to Psalm 42 once more and continue a little further into it. As a deer longs for the flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have been my food day and night. Well, people say to me continually, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. 
how I went with the throng and led them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. Our cries of desperation are our longing and our thirst for God. We want once again to process to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving. And we will. Let's keep our hope in God and praise Him again. Amen. Thank you for joining me. It's my prayer that God will protect you and comfort you through all the difficult times of your life. So until next time, be safe. Stay strong in your faith and be healthy. And may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you with grace and mercy. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. Father, oh Father, please hear me. My song is a cry of desperation. All of the The sound of the lost and lonely Only the voice inside Speaks your name to me If they